0: You're listening to the Golf Science Lab Podcast, where we base coaching and teaching on research. Hey, my name is Cordy Walker, and I am your host for today. And we're diving into a short series of episodes now with two of my favorite coaches. It's Lynn Mariette and Pia Nielsen, and they run an academy called Vision 54. And if you've never heard of them, they're both top 50 Golf Digest instructors. And in fact, they're the number one and two women teachers in in America, they've coached players, you know, on all levels of the LPGA and PGA tours, and we're gonna hear lots of stories from these LPGA and PGA folks. So lots of lots of stories, lots of case studies over these next episodes, uh, and they're all around great folks to spend some time with. Uh, I love their approach. Uh, I said in the intro there that we're, we base coaching and teaching golf on research, and you can definitely see that in Lynn and Pia's work. Whether you're reading their books or spending time with them or watching. Watching them coach you will pick that up so today we are talking about how to be a player all right we have Lynn and Pia we're excited to share this series of episodes uh, we're framing all of this around this concept of be a player for one thing, because I think we all want to be a player. It just makes you feel a little bit more confident saying that. And secondly, because I have an awesome book coming out and it happens to be the same name of that. So in this episode, we're going we're gonna to start off in the series and we're going to start with a formula of all, all things. And it's this formula, which is the technical skills times the human skills equals how well you play. When, Pia, why, let's start there. Why don't you unpack that a bit for us and, and let's just get into that.
1: Yeah. Thank you, Corey. Yeah. It's very dear to our heart and, and to really kind of re, reset how we look at the game. Because, you know, for us, it's so important to see it's, of course, it's technical skills, but it's always a human being who plays golf. So there is human skills. And we used to say the technical skills plus the human skills equals how well you play. But we, we changed it recently to, you know, it's times because there's so many golfers, for example, there are, you know, they're fairly well developed technically. And then often we take them on the course. And what we mean by the human skills is actually to manage yourself, manage your body, manage your mind, manage your emotions. If, if they're underdeveloped, they're the ones that can have real, pretty good technique and they're playing really poorly. <laughs> and so... It's not either or. It's not like something you add later on. We just think they need to be developed together because the technique is only going to show up when you play if you can create a good performance state. And as Pia said, as we, we kind of made it more of a multiplication yeah.
2: uh, formula, we found that like players understood that here they have this great technical skill but so deficient in the human skills or these on-course skills that they need And that with just a little bit of a baseline in that, now times their technical skills, all of a sudden their performance, you know, is is incredibly better.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And what we mean with with that is because many have talked about, you know, you have the technique and then you have the mental game. And for learning myself for many years, you know, we know it's so limiting to think about it as mental skills. It's so much more. It's your whole human state. And it's the body and the mind and the emotions. So for a while, we only call it the playing skills, the skills playing golf. But when we just changed it to, it's, it's about you being a human being. It's the human skills. It's the, the human swing connection. It just lands better in the golfer. And so that has just been so important. So it has to do with like, how do you make sure actually to make a decision you trust? What does it mean to actually be focused while you execute a shot? What does it mean? how you react and evaluate what's happening. So it's these things that are like for us, absolutely foundational to the game. They're like the hidden fundamentals of the game that's always been there for the great players. And we just wanted to make it more available for any golfer.
2: Yeah. And I, I just like to add, we, we want to make it available and more explicit that as Pia said, you know, these skills, is nothing we've come up with. They've been around for, for great performers, great players, for as long as the game has been around. But we just want to make them more explicit and trainable and doable for everybody. Yeah,
1: and yeah. getting as much respect as the technical fundamentals. <laughs> yeah.
0: absolutely. What would be an example of uh, someone you know with good technical skills, right? And they've worked a lot on that. They haven't worked on the human skills. What would be like a story or like a common issue with someone with good technical skills, but really lacking in this human skills side of the equation?
1: Well, one very good, typical one: we go on the golf course, and you know they start missing shots, and they don't know why why their technique is not holding up, or whatever word they might use. But then, very often, can be they get over the shot, and then they might be worried about missing it to the left, or they're thinking about just a position in the backswing. So they haven't transferred over to being a performer; they're still in the mindset of a. A partial swing thought and suddenly getting all concerned about outcomes. So they ha- have no ability to, on the course, being a performer, know what it means to getting focused and getting in a performance state for those few seconds you're actually making a swing or putting stroke. That would be a very, very common one.
0: What does performance state mean? What does that look like?
1: Well, the, it's actually like? for us, it can be different for everybody, but the number one thing we know, you know, if we measured our brain waves, we're no longer in the beta brain wave. We're more in alpha, theta and others. So we, we're not cognitive. We're not in the language center of our brain. We are in the sensory mode. we some players like to feel it maybe in the hands or some like to see the ball flight or. You know, so it's, it lands somehow in the senses instead of me thinking about what I'm doing. Yeah. And, and it's
2: mo- more than just a brainwave state. That's one way it's measured. You know, Dr. Debbie Cruz has done that. Focus band does that. Um, other devices are measuring that. Um, but it's also a physical state yeah. and it's an emotional state. So we often yeah. say like yeah. the performance state, it's a physical, mental, emotional state.
1: Yeah. So obviously we want players to zero in when they play really well. And we help them more explicitly figuring out what state is good for them. And if they don't know, we just have them explore a few different cho- choices and they can usually dial it in pretty quickly. But yeah. it's this separating. When, when can you think and be cognitive and logical in golf and when are you going to be an athlete?
2: <laughs> now, last year, we had the opportunity to start coaching Arya Jitanagarn and she was again one of those players that, when she came, we said, "Wow, there's so many pieces of the, of the puzzle or package already here." She's a great ball striker, putter, chipper. I mean, her technical skills were were uh, were fantastic, but very deficient in the human skills and and a way to train and practice it. And when she just got a little bit a hold of that, I mean, it was a it was a fantastic year for her. I mean, she won five times and was player of the year and won a major. But that was just again, like a real deal example of somebody that everybody goes, wow, so much potential, but ha- hasn't realized that potential in an LPGA win. So, um, we just see that, we just see that a lot. It's, it's again, that hin- hidden fundamentals and implicit skills that need to be made ex- explicit. Yeah.
1: And with what we call the real golfers, all the the 95% of all the, the golfers in the, on the planet, this becomes a really, really big factor because many actually improve so much quicker without having to redo their swings because they haven't taken care of this piece yet.
0: <laughs> I am going to take away that anytime someone says they have a lot of potential, they're, they're, that person might be lacking in some human skills. Yeah um potentially that's a good little framework to 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 use so in in your book here there's this little drawing right and you said the human skills are really important for 95% of golfers um no, and i'm guessing 100% yeah, yeah 100% of golf, yeah for sure well so you're talking about when you go to the golf course you can't change your technique you can't change your fitness level you can't change your equipment but you can change your human skills on the golf course which is where 95% of golfers who just play for fun, you know, need help. And that's where they do spend time. They don't spend hours on the range, you know? Yes. Right. So what can that 95% do, right? Like these, these human skills, they're not training them necessarily off the golf course. Like what can they do to improve next time they go to the golf course? Those, some of those human skills or those aspects, is it just being more aware? Like what are some starting points for that?
1: Well, that's what we get so excited about our book coming out here, Be a Player, because it's all about just going out. And if they play 18 holes, they might take three or six of those 18 holes and, and test some. So, I mean, when it comes to the, the physical state, it would mean to play one or a few holes swinging. Okay. I'm going to swing with 50% of full tempo. I'm going to swing 75% of full tempo. I'm going to swing with 100% of full tempo and actually get to check, you know, today. What is my optimal tempo that makes my swing have a good sequence? So, Or with the with, um, grip pressure, okay, just test a hole and, and grip it really light. Uh, test a hole gripping it firmer. What happens? So we want the golfers just to do some of this exploring, for example, with the physical state, because we we, we often see more physical state issues than mental state issues with the real golfers. Yeah. They suddenly start swinging too fast or they get too tight, but they have totally have never had any awareness of it. So when they just can get a little better, at that, you know, they start hitting it more solid or a little straighter. Yeah. It's
2: also, it's a little bit of a paradigm shift for many that, you know, again, this goes to, if you're going to practice swimming, you need to be in a swimming pool. If you're going to practice basketball, you need to be on the basketball court. So again, if you're going to practice golf, we want you to practice on the golf course. And many just have never even thought of it like that. Um, but when you make those comparisons to other sports, they're like, well, of course, because not every time that you go swimming do you compete. You know, you're actually practicing where, where you will later compete in the same context. So it, again, just getting the real golfer on the golf course with these exercises, they start seeing it in context. Like they start seeing it, going on to a green or going farther in the fairway or those kind of things without scoring or being outcome oriented they're just out there actually increasing their awareness in, on the playing field
0: there's this uh, great quote from i believe it's from uh Dr. Robert Bjork's paper around building skills that are durable and flexible uh, and I've always really resonated with that, and it sounds like a lot of uh, you know some of the things that, that you'd ask people to do and and try to explore and and build the human skills really are are making a golfer more durable and more flexible and <laughs> more adaptable.
2: Absolutely, I mean one hundred percent. Absolutely, yeah, because that that you know that big black hole between the range and the course that for those who do practice like we said not many do but those who do and then there's that big black hole that 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 transfer skill is yeah. just so low
1: so and when we talk about these human skills to manage your body mind and emotions you know of course we can have many very good practice sessions on the padel green or the range but ultimately it's always best to bring them to the course because then you know you you, you learn and from the what really matters. <laughs> so anytime we can do any of these exercises on the course, it's it's much better. But it it's, it isn't like there's a secret formula for this, how it works. But when players get to test from themselves, I mean, any, if we have a you know a newer golfer, a 30-handicap golfer, the tour player, when we just have them go out and they get to be guided, okay, now we're going to test different tempos. So now we're going to test you know whatever different tension levels and now we're going to test if it's best better for you to see a ball flight or to feel a balanced finish you know anyone after a few holes they self-correct and they self-coach themselves and of course we can be there and confirm what we see and, and the thing is that's why we have the it's the technical skills multiplied with the human skills because they're so often doing this that's, that the technique improves without us having to talk about the technique. <laughs> and we want to get to more and more implicit technical development. And the first place for us to do that is to make sure that these, what we call human skills, are at least good enough. They need to like a baseline level first before we can actually see what's going on technically. Yeah, and I, I would just like to add is that mo- most
2: golfers because of the way the industry's set up, you know, magazines or instruction, all those things, their default, their built-in default is always to technical. So when they've been on the course and they start hitting um, errant shots or errant putts, you know, or that kind of thing, then their default is to, oh my God, something's wrong with my technique. And now taking them on the course that they starting to build a different default yeah. Um, and a place to explore and be aware that, oh my gosh, yeah, my tempo was off. My tension level is too high. Oh yeah, I wasn't very decisive on that. Or no, I dragged that three putt into the next tee shot, you know, an emotional skill. So they they start to actually realize, oh my gosh, there's so much more I can do on the course while I'm playing, that's going to affect my performance
1: and my enjoyment. Yeah, and because what, what we want the golfers to understand that they get it very quickly. So, of course, if I miss a shot, we can always prove something was off technically. But they, like we say, they, they need to know that sometimes it's these human factors that influence the technique. (laughs) You know, obviously, if my grip pressure suddenly gets really tight at impact, all kinds of technical things happen. So we often can say that, you know, that we feel sorry for the technique because it gets blamed for everything when it isn't always its fault, you know, it manifests in the technique, but it, it it's not where it started. So we just want to be nicer and kinder to the technique that, you know, Obviously, sometimes it's so obvious it is a ball position or it's posture or mis-aim, but very often it's these other things that makes the technique go off.
2: Yeah. I'd, I'd just like to tell one, one quick story. We were at a PGA Tour event just last week uh, doing coaching with a couple of the guys, and um, after the miss cut, we did a debrief. And so in the debrief, it really all came down to putting, and initially going in, this player had really thought that his his stroke was pretty off, and so he'd been working a lot on his technique and that that sort of thing and then as we we kind of unpacked the two days and why why the putting still wasn't wasn't coming around, it was interesting because the caddy said, "Well, it's all mental, and we're like, "No, no, no, it's not mental at all." And the player even said, "It's not mental at all, it's physical, and it's this tension in his right shoulder that then gets his right shoulder gets too high, and then the the stroke gets a little outside going back, and he gets swiping the ball. And he doesn't get a good clean roll. But that's not a technical issue. That's just a very low level of awareness of what he needs to do to get his right side to feel a lot softer, so the stroke stroke can just be what it can be. It can be a much better stroke. But it was interesting because the
1: caddy. Totally thought it was a mental thing and it wasn't at all. No. And it's one of those things that never showed up on the putting It just came with the tournament pressure. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Perfect. Well, I think that's that's a great story to end on. The human skills, just as important as, as the technical skills, uh, if not more. And there needs to be some of the fundamentals that, that are built along with the technical skills when when someone's learning and someone's training.
1: Yeah, that's, that's I mean, our... Deep wish for the future that all of us who are golf teachers, golf coaches, and you know, in the future of the game, that we, we, we bring these to the golfers together because we're not obviously against technique. We think it's really important with the technique. It's just not sufficient. We just think the baseline should be both of them because we just see golfers progress so much faster that way.
0: All right. So our first question that we got from the audience is from Dan and it plays really well with what we just talked about. It's at what point do you look at mechanics and how do you approach that?
2: You know, the interesting thing is both P and I have a have a long and, and deep technical background. So that technical lens for us and for the coaches also at Vision 54, um, it's always there. It's just that we don't always default to it. So... Especially when we go on the golf course with them, you know, we're seeing what's going on technically. But it's not the first place we're going to go to in terms of discussing what's going on.
1: No, And and, and that's why, I mean, to what Lynn said, you know, we can have so many hitting it really well on the practice range. And we go on the course and it's like totally different. Or we have some that are not hitting it swinging well at all like they should on the range, and suddenly we go on the course and like, ooh, things come together. So we've always learned to keep our mouth shut till we know a little bit what they actually do on the golf course, because that's for us, is like the, the core. We're much more interested in seeing a swing on the golf course than any other place to see what's going on. So, like Lynn said, we, we keep it at the back of our minds, but then from there, you know, we have this filter of okay, who is this golfer? Like how much do they play? How much do they practice? What are their goals with golf? And what do they want to improve? And from there it can make more sense to us. Is it worth it to do something technically, or is it better to help them with these other skills because they're never going to practice anyways? And and whatever for all these different reasons. And since we have been fortunate to be TPI trained, we have you know, a little eye for the body swing connection. So it's taking all those things into consideration and then see what is the biggest return on investment here. And um you know sometimes it's obvious, just need to help them with a the little ball position or aiming. But but anyway, so it's we that's the wide lens we have, and then we go to what makes most sense. Yeah, and it, it is fun to be on the
2: golf course with, you know, a, a real golfer, let's say a 25 handicap or even a newer golfer. And, and it is it is just something really basic, like ball position or um, they're too far away from the ball at address. dress. So, yeah, you address it, you know, but... Because again, it's, it's, it's blatantly one of those things. The interesting thing for me is when you go to a tour event and obviously these tour players have extremely developed technical skills and that so many teachers that we see out there at PGA tour events are still only looking through a technical default lens. And that that's a shame because, yeah.
1: <laughs> so, in, and this is where it gets different for us because, you know, we have those that come and they want us to tell them if there's something technical or important. So sometimes in golf schools, I might be on the course and I say, you know, by the way, remind me tomorrow morning that you may going to have a bunker date because maybe I'm seeing that this person has no idea how to hit the bunker shot, but I'm not going to confuse the intentions of being on the course now, but I make sure, you know, we address it. With, when it comes to the tour players and we work with them, very often they have a technical teacher. So Lynn and I always want to be, you know, very respectful, and we are a team with the technical teacher. So, in that sense, you know, if we see something technical, we might send an email or call the technical teacher, making sure what we do is matching up with what's what's happening on, on that front. So, uh, so it is it, a little bit different who is coming to see us, mm-hmm. but we never. No, that's why we think these skills are so important that the golf teachers, golf coaches have the human skill component as well. So we can marry the technique and the the human factor. So we're working,
0: we're going to the golf course first. We're going to take a look at what's actually going on there. Uh, yep. we're, we're going to take a look at the player, who they are. Do they actually ever practice? Uh, you know, yeah. is is there any point in that? And then yeah. most of the time there's something very, very simple s- um, and it's something that doesn't take... Six months and uh a bunch of swing work, yeah is that kind of no it's
1: correct we we see if if they do have this, you know, and then we need to know a little bit about you know how strong or flexible they are, but if they really want to do something, you know said so like okay, come on, I am gonna spend you know whatever a couple of hours a week practicing and all of that, but we just try to educate them still with what is actually required for the major swing change, so they make an you know just to. They need to be honest if it makes sense for them or not to do it. Right.
2: If they want to make that investment, can they really
1: fulfill that investment? Yeah.
2: (laughs) Or, you know, one more thing too, is just that, and then what human skills are are so deficient that those human skills are highly affecting the technique and Mm -hmm. to get that much more up on the table with them. I mean, so many, just the separation and the compartmentalization of think box and play box mm-hmm. is so basic and, you know, the newer golfer needs to learn that right away. But for many, that's just a big mush.
0: Before we leave this topic, uh, you mentioned earlier in the episode how a lot of the technical skills might take care of themselves when improving some of the human skills. What what did you mean by that?
1: Well, I mean, for example, let's say someone... Is not good at sensing balance the proprioceptors are not turned on and they can't feel it but and maybe you see when they're swinging, for example, that they you know they just can't you know finish on the front foot they just you know they just stay finishing even on the back foot the whole time, and maybe we check just the ability to sense balance and it could be very often that they're hitting shots on the left leg they have no chance of staying in balance, and maybe on the right foot they're much stronger. So sometimes when we just have them, okay, you know, even brushing your teeth or being at home or in the range, you know, make you know, 20, 30 swings a day, standing on your left foot, feeling the balance. So then we can see players just getting better sense of balance on their feet, and suddenly, technically, they're getting to a good finish without us ever having to talk about the finish. <laughs> or someone coming, swinging, coming over the top the whole time and they learn to dial down their tempo a little bit and suddenly things are sequencing properly without us having to talk about it.
2: (laughs) Or, you know, you see this in putting a lot that they, they make a clear decision and commit to that decision in their play box and all the way to the end of the stroke and all of a sudden you just see a stroke that starts to actually have decent acceleration you know, all the way to the end. So they're no longer decelerating or pulling out of the putt or whatever you might want to call it. So all of a sudden you go, wow, the stroke just got a lot better. <laughs> they didn't do anything with their stroke. They just were much more committed to the decision. So, I mean, that, you, you see that a lot in putting and chipping. yeah.
0: All right, so let's explore a a few ideas for folks to improve their human skills. Just some things they can take to the course, the golf course. What do you have for us?
1: Well, you know, there are so many and that's what we're excited about in the book since there are 12 chapters of different exercises. But we we like to start many with being more aware of the body because having like a body awareness in golf is so important and very few golfers have paid attention to it. So we often liked early on to have them like play just one hole. We say, okay, all full shots on this hole is going to be with your feet together. And the game is how many shots can you finish in balance? And for chipping and putting, it's on one leg and they can choose right and left. But the the goal is not how many shots they have. It's what percentage of shot do they finish in balance? And uh, so that would be very common one that we start out with. And then we would move on next hole to do tempo hole.
2: Yeah. So then you'd, you might say, okay, now every shot on this hole has to be between 50 and 75% of your full tempo. And you can't go like, there's a governor there. You can't go over 75%. And you're going to do that with every, every shot, you know, including a chip and a putt. So when we get to the green, if let's say it's 50% tempo, on a putt, obviously the stroke is going to be that much larger or longer. Um but again it's just to explore can they actually have some control and awareness of their tempo mm-hmm. for and all then, the swings.
1: And then we just ask them afterwards, okay, if they said fifty I want to be fifty percent on this shot, then we ask them was that fifty? And then we give our input if we think it was or not was not. And it's, so it's just starting that ability to be more self-aware of the state of my body. And then very often on the third hole, just to get introduced to this, we ask, okay, this is about tension awareness. So all of you get to pick, either be aware of your grip pressure or your upper body tension. And you can decide, I want it to be really soft, medium, or firm. And then the goal is no matter what they choose though, that they want to keep it constant for every swing and every stroke. And then we do one hole, and we just keep asking them about that. So that would be a very simple framework, but it's just it's just amazes us what, to see what happens with so many golfers and what they figure out on their own. Well, and, and I just have to giggle because
2: some golfers will say like, "Oh my God." I've never hit a chip so solid when they're just chipping on one leg, and then they'll go, "Should I always chip on only one leg?" And we're like, "Well, probably not, but but you know, you need to have that sense of balance for all your chipping, or they'll you know they'll exclaim like, "Oh my God, I've never hit the drive this far, and I always only swinging half of the speed at fifty percent." Should I do that all the time? We're like, oh, there's probably something here you should explore more. And, uh, you know, again, certainly with the tension awareness, uh, people have big ah ahas with it. But again, it's really interesting because on the course, they actually, they do see a bit more of the outcome than they would, let's say, in a range situation or a practice situation. And it becomes much more validating.
0: I can't uh, emphasize the importance of exploring enough for some reason in golf we hate like getting outside our comfort zone which I is know. just ridiculous
1: yeah yeah that, that's what we we keep saying over and over again when we do this okay we're not here to prove anything we're just here to explore and learn and we have to usually restate that often for those that are more new to this
2: yeah we're we're having a training round mm-hmm. not a scoring round <laughs> You know, oh, okay, yeah, we're just training now, like on Mm -hmm. the course, just like you would train in the pool. Mm -hmm. Okay, but you have to keep reminding them of that mindset.
0: Well, that is a perfect call to action. Uh, If you're listening, make sure to go out there and and try this out. We've got three different holes. We've got balance. We've got tempo and we've got tension. I think those are three great things to to go out and explore. Lynn, Pia, thanks for joining us here on our uh, on our first episode of this series. This was fun.
2: Thank you. Thanks, Cordy.
0: Thank you so much for joining us on this episode with Lynn Marriott and Pia Nielsen. Make sure to go pick up their book, Be a Player. It's a really, really good book. I've been enjoying going through it. A lot of their explorations of these different ideas are just invaluable. So pick that up, Be a Player. It's on Amazon. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast in iTunes and join us next week on the episode this podcast was produced by just hit publish productions music includes something elated by broke for free attribution 3.0 United States. Thanks for joining us. We'll see y'all next week.